Greetings from Covenant Community of LJ, Georgia. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to these messages God has provided to our fellowship from His Word. May He bless you richly as you seek Him. We'd like to invite you to be with us in person someday soon. And for information on that, visit us at covenantcommunitylj.com. And now, let's open up God's Word. You know, God has given us the privilege, the opportunity to be the temple of the Holy Spirit in this world. And if we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, what cannot be done? I mean, it's, it's impossible to even imagine. Eye has not seen, Ephesians says, ear has not heard. It hasn't entered your heart what God has prepared for those that love Him. Do you love Him? Oh, well, good. Do you love him? Yes. Yes, I tell you, we don't love him enough. We don't love him like he's worthy. We are distracted. We've got hearts. The old song says, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Take and seal it. Seal it for your courts above. I've got just a, a bit of time here. We're in... Uh, those of you who are just joining us, we're in the, or trying to get into the book of Joshua. We haven't got across the river yet, but we're going across the river today. You all ready to go across the river? You know, I lived in Ohio for a little while, and I lived in this little trailer uh, about from here to the back of the gym from the Ohio River. Now, ordinarily, it was way down there. You could go to the bank, look down, and there it was. But there's part of the year when it's in flood, and those tugboats going by my bedroom window, I looked out, and I could see their window and wave at them. You know, this is not good. This is way too close. That's a big, big river. And I mean, all that water flowing. Imagine, imagine then that uh, I came to church, said, brothers, sisters, I've got the word. Today, we're going to cross the Ohio River. On dry ground. Well, you'd be calling Ashley. said, you're in counseling, right? You need to come talk to this guy. He needs counseling. Now, fortunately, God told them to walk a thousand feet behind the ark. And they all said, fine. Fine, we'll walk behind the ark. Way behind the ark. Sometimes you say, yeah, I got your back. I'm right behind you. I say, how far behind are you? You know, I want you right close when you got my back. They came to go across the river in full flood. See, God likes to bring us into situations that only God can fix so that he'll get the glory. And I've been studying this week, just enjoying studying that word glory. And, and it's a word like beauty. It's beautiful. Well, beautiful. I mean, that has so many facets to it. It's incredible. And when we start speaking about the beauty of God, the beauty of his power that speaks the world into existence, the beauty of his wisdom that creates a little hummingbird, that creates an eagle's eye, that can focus in on a tiny little object way down there. We, we think of dinosaurs, we think of zebras, and we think of lions, and God made all these different things in caterpillars and butterflies, and uh, just incredible, the beauty and wisdom of God. Uh, it's all right. We got it taken care of back there. Uh, you know, uh, when we get in pressure, this sermon today, I'm glad you're here. This sermon today is for you. This sermon today is for me. 
This sermon today is, do you want to cross the river into all that God has for you? God gave them the told them about the promised land back in Genesis 15. And now he says, I want you to enter in. Deuteronomy 6.23 says, God brought us out from Egypt that he might bring us in to give us the land which he covenanted to our fathers. God brought us out of Egypt. God brought you out of sin, I hope. If you've never given your life to Christ yet, that's where you need to start. But most of us have given our life to Christ and we have asked him to be in control of our life. We have been like the children of Israel, gone through the Red Sea, so to speak, been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to let the devil know whose side we are, to let God know whose side we are, baptized to show people that it's like what's happening on the outside. We are buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in a new kind of life, baptized. And then we begin our Christian life. Now, you know, we've got babies in this church, and we love them, and we change their diapers, and we feed them, and we understand babies, sort of. But, you know, after 10 years, need to move on a little bit. But God's got a bunch of babies with messy diapers and wham all the time, and he invites us to come out of the wilderness to grow up. Hebrews chapter 6 says, let's leave the elementary things of faith, baptisms, laying on of hands. Let's move on. Let's grow up. Let's become soldiers. You know, if you leave the wilderness to go into the promised land, you're not going to have the cloud guiding you anymore. You're not going to have the pillar of fire at night giving you light and warmth. You're not going to have manna falling every day. You're not going to have water coming from the rock. You're going to have to go live a different place, live a different way, walk a different way. But you will be in the place where God wants you to be, experiencing His promises, a land flowing with milk. Lots of babies being born. Lots of little cows, little goats, little sheep, little camels. You know, milk and honey. You've got to have lots and lots of flowers and the bees coming you know, beautiful things reproducing and, and a, a land flowing with milk and honey. God said, I want to bring you into this blessed place. I'm inviting you to come there. Today, we want to just talk to uh, us and maybe people that you know about a crisis in the Christian life. Sometimes... Not often enough. Somebody gets saved and they change and it's a steady progression of growing in faith, growing in knowledge, growing in, in their walk with God, an increasing fullness of the Holy Spirit and their life just expands and gets brighter and stronger and better. That's unusual. It is God's will, but it is not the way it usually happens. So we have to have a crisis sometimes in our life. And listen, listen, in this congregation, some of you might think, oh, I'm the only one that's got a problem. Everybody else is doing good. Look at that smile on their face. Look at that walker. They've all got it good and I got it bad. Well, just take courage. I know almost everybody here. And I don't know anybody's not got a problem. Is there anybody here 
all is totally well. Well, okay, it's coming. <laughs> or it just left. But we got stresses. The Bible says count it all joy when you fall into trials. Count it joy. Decide to rejoice. My God's a big God. He's a smart God. He's a powerful God. He's a loving God. He loves me. And no, I can't control this. You know, just a while ago, we were talking back there. I can't control this. It's completely out of my hands. Oh, good. But God. Everybody say, but God. Yes. So, uh, many people see their Christian life as, as it says in Revelation 3, poor, wretched, blind, and naked. If you can understand that that's where you are and that's where you actually are, good. You know, when you go see the doctor and you think you're doing fine, he says, man. Your blood's low, your blood pressure's high, your sugar's way out of whack, all this stuff. You don't smack him. You say, ooh, I thought I was doing good. I need to improve. I got some things I need to do. God comes into our lives to show us sometimes. 1 Corinthians 3 says, Paul says, I long to share with you the deeper things of God, the, the ways of God, but I can't because you're still fleshly. You're carnal. You're self-centered. All you care about is your stuff. And the only thing you want God for is to use Him to get what you want to make you happy all the day long. It's a selfish, carnal, self-centered life. That's not where God intends us to be. Now, the life we're talking about is not a miserable one. Well, I'm going to take up my cross and follow Jesus. And I'm going to be miserable all my life. You need to be a Christian. Yeah, you do. You need that. Why would I want to be a Christian? Well... You'll have joy one of these days, maybe. You know, no, we need to be people that are in the situation and know that God loves us, know that God is intimately concerned about every hair on our head, know that God works all things, everybody say all things, all things together for good to those that... There's that thing again, love God and are called according to His purpose. Verse 29 says, to make us just like Jesus. That's what God is after. That's what the promised land is spiritually applied to us. To make you like Jesus in the place that God has put you. Like Jesus in your family. Like Jesus in your marriage. Like Jesus in your job. Like Jesus in the, at the school. You say, well, I don't have to live for Jesus. I'm still in school. I can be an irresponsible, useless teenager until I'm 30 and almost dead like y'all. No, 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 no. God did lots of things in the Bible through young people. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a young woman. Joseph was a young man, got dreams and visions from God. Daniel was a young man, and he took a stand and says, I can't eat anything that would displease God, but oh, just let me eat vegetables. Maybe God will bless me, and I'll be fine. And he, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were blessed by God. And they became mighty men in a heathen kingdom that had conquered them. Daniel was raised up to be number two in the land. That can happen. To you and me, that is God's will. But he can't do it if you're going to be proud, arrogant, and if you're going to push other people down and say, <coughs> I just got promoted. I'm now the chief dishwasher. And you, man, anything that we've got that's good, where did it come from? Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father above with whom there's no variableness or shifting shadow. Everything you have, if you're good looking, God made you good looking. If you are physically athletic, 
God gave you that ability. God gave you an ability to be a cheerleader. God even allowed Tourette's to be in your life, to bring a work of grace in your life. And God used that, right? In a wonderful way. And thank you so much for your testimony. I love hearing how God has worked. So today, we don't want to be selfish, anemic Christians. We want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God is inviting you. He's at work all around you. He's at work all around you. And He invites you. Invites you. 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 Come. Work with me. What are you going to say? Man, we want to go further up. Further in. In our relationship. With God. So, many Christians are saved. But for many reasons. They feel like. Pretty much as a failure as a Christian. They fear their life is not one filled with the Holy Spirit. Things can change today. Say today. today. Say it with conviction. Today. today. Today, you can take a step forward in your Christian life. Today, you can change maybe what it is that you need to change. Today, you can enter into the life of inner rest and victory and fellowship with God Almighty, and walk in the promises of God Himself to you. Look at the elder son in the story of the, the prodigal son. The elder son. Jesus told that story speaking to the Pharisees. The, the prodigal ran off, wasted all his money on immorality and you know that, and then as soon as he ran out of money, he ran out of friends. Next thing he knew, he was down there uh, eating husks, and we talk about the prodigal and he got to come back and his daddy welcomed him back and said, oh, now your heart's with me. But the older son, he was there obeying, walking with his daddy, uh, working every day, but he didn't have the heart of the father. And he said, that son of yours who's gone off and wasted all that living, disgraced the family, gone off there, he's come back. I am mad. I will not even walk in the room with him. I'm not eating with him. Nothing. And, and his dad says, son, I divided the inheritance. Everything here." It's yours. It's mine while I'm alive, but it's yours. Your brother lost his inheritance, but his heart has come back. I've received my son back. He's your brother. I don't care. I don't want nothing to do with him. Don't like him. No. And the older son was there living what we would think was a good life, but he was not in harmony with the heart of the father. But all it took was one decision. All he had to do was say, oh, daddy, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been proud. Everything we got here, you're the one who gave it to me. Everything. And, and, and he could have, in a quick decision, been in harmony with his father. Are you in harmony with God today? You know, when you see them up here with those guitars, you know, they've got their little gizmo that, that tells them what each string should do. And they're going, going, going. They tighten it up a bit. Going, going, going. Loosen that one up a little bit. Some of us need to get tightened up. Some of us need to get loosened up. But all of us need to be in harmony with Jesus. Amen? Do you want to be there? Do you want to be there? You ready to cross over the river, so to speak? Are you ready to make a decision that says, God, if there's anything in my life that displeases you, if there's anything in my heart, my heart that's got my heart drifting away from you, it's okay for you to take it. It's okay. You are my first priority. 
Are you happy? That's what I want. When you live that way, when we live that way, as individuals, as families, and then a church, oh goodness, what will happen? Already today, the Spirit of God's working, touching, ministering. Praise God for that. Today is a special day for you to say yes to Jesus. Things can change today. You can enter into the inner rest. Hebrews talks about victory and fellowship with God Almighty. Peter cursed Jesus. Not cursed Jesus, sorry. He cursed and denied Jesus. A girl said to him, Oh, no, you're with him. No, I don't even know him. And oh, I'm glad I wasn't there. Jesus turns around and looks at Peter. And their eyes lock. And Peter remembers what he said. Oh, Lord, if everybody else runs away from you, me, I'll be right here. I'll be right with you. I will die for you. All the others said the same thing. And now here's a girl questioning him. And he says, uh, uh, no, no, I don't know him. I don't know what you're talking about. And then she says, no, no, no. The way you talk, you're a Galilean. You are one of his people. And he cursed, it says. And Jesus, it says, turned and looked at him. And he went out and wept bitterly. And when he heard that Jesus was alive, he said, well, well, I, I, I see the empty tomb. But even if he was alive, it wouldn't be the same anymore. I failed him. <laughs> Suddenly, Don Francisco says in his song, the air was filled with a strange and sweet perfume. And light that came from everywhere drove shadows from the room. And there was Jesus standing in front of Peter with love coming from his eyes. And Peter says, I fell down at his knees, fell down at his feet and cried. And every fear I'd ever had melted into peace. Now that's not the way the Bible says it, it's the way the song says it, but oh, what a wonderful thing to be welcomed back into the, the, the grace and love of the Lord Jesus. So uh, you have the, the elder son, you have Peter, uh, make a, a decision and change. God says in Deuteronomy 6 that we read a while ago, God brought them out so that he could Oh, there's one got it. God brought them out so he could take them, in. take them in. He didn't just get you saved and then you tread water till you get to heaven. He brought you out to bring you in to the fullness of Christ. He brought you out to be a baby, squalling, messy diapers, and then you get cleaned up, you start growing up, and then he wants you to move to a young man, strong in battle, and then he wants you to move to a father, to a reproducer. Amen. A man in Christ, so to speak. Sorry, ladies, you know, just get, you get the picture. So he brought us out to bring us in. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. In case you think what I'm saying today is not important, let me tell you what God says. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Now, I know we studied through Hebrews before. Been a while. Some of you weren't here. Let's read together. Hebrews 3, 12. Ah. Hey. Had to bring your Bible today, didn't you? Uh -huh. Okay, if you haven't got it, I can deceive you. <laughs> okay. Take care, brethren. Brethren. So who's he talking to? People who say that they're Christians. Church, take care. Lest there should be in any of you 
an evil, unbelieving heart in falling away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, each day. You need to have friends that you talk to about the Lord. You need to have friends that read the word with you. Friends that you sing with. Friends that you walk with. Encourage each other daily as long as it's still called today. Lest some of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm to the end. Not everybody who starts the race ends the race. And you've got to begin the race, you've got to run it right, and you've got to finish to get a reward. Amen? Verse 16. For who provoked him when they had heard? Indeed, did not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? One and a half to two and a half million people walked out by the power of God, saw the plagues, went through the Red Sea, fire every day, uh, every, every night, warming them, giving them light, the cloud dry, leading them, water from the rock, defeating their enemies, all kinds of stuff. Their feet, their shoes didn't wear out. Their, my mama says their feet didn't swell. It's another miracle. They, they went through and saw God's works for all those years, and yet they would not trust Him. And with whom, verse 17, was he angry for 40 years? Angry. God was angry with them for 40 years. Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? After years uh, uh, or several examples of showing himself to them, God says, you all will never trust me. No, you can't go into the promised land. And he sealed off. Everybody, what age and up? 20. Okay, 20 and up is a serious age when you get to be 20. Now, that doesn't mean you can just do what you want to do before then and your mom and daddy's fault. But at 20, something significant happens in God's mind in your decision making. Verse 18, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but those who were disobedient? And so we see that they were not able to enter in because of unbelief. They were disobedient. They were unbelieving. They would not trust God. They would not do what he said the way he said it. Therefore, let us fear. Let us fear, lest while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you should seem to come short of it. And we're not talking about heaven here. We're talking about entering into the life of rest in the middle of the storm with Jesus, uh, walking with him, the Prince of Peace, ruling in our heart and life, living the way Jesus lived. For indeed, we have had the good news preached to us, as they also, chapter 4, verse 2, but the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard. In other words, you can have the Word of God, but if you don't trust the Word of God, do the Word of God, then you can't experience what He wants you to have. For we who have believed enter that rest. As He said, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although His works were finished from the foundation of the world. And He said somewhere concerning the seventh day, God rested on the seventh day from this work. We won't continue that passage. But... We enter His rest when we believe in Him and walk in His Word. Turn with me to, uh, Pro well, or write it down, uh, Proverbs 4.18, and then we'll quickly come back to 2 Corinthians. So Proverbs 4.18. This is a verse that you could mark in your Bible if you believe in that. It's an important verse. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. 
They don't know over what they stumble. But I want this. The path of the righteous. Righteous by faith in Christ and righteous by your walking in His ways. Abiding in the secret place of the Most High. Hungering and thirsting after righteousness. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. Listen, when dawn comes, you've been there, you've been there when we uh, were at an Easter sunrise service. And the sun starts coming up. And you look and it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. How many of you are deer hunters here? Yeah, you get way out there early in the morning, and it's dark. And I remember in Africa, Daddy take us hunting. Oh, I mean, I couldn't even sleep the night before. I was so excited. And then you'd get out there on the plains, and you start easing along. And then the, the sun starts to just bring a little bit of light. And then you can see the animals, and you start sneaking up on them. Oh, but here it says the righteous life should be one where there's a little bit of light. And more light. And more light. And soon you're like a meteor shining in the place where God has put you. Is that what you want? If you want that, God wants that in your life and in mine. That's Proverbs 4.18. Now look at 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3.14. As we talk about going into the promised land in the coming days, there's things that God wants to do in our life. Things that God wants to uh, take out things that he wants to put in. 2 Corinthians 3.14 talks about, says, uh, it's talking there, and I don't have time to do the whole passage here, but he's talking about Moses there who used to put a veil over his face as he came down from being in the very presence of God and the, the glory was fading away from his face, so he put a veil over it. Verse 14, but their minds were hardened. 2 Corinthians 3.14 For until this very day at the reading of the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it's removed in Christ. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. Are you here today wandering around? Your heart's just dead to God? Are you here in darkness in your relationship with God? Are you here dead in trespasses and sins as the Bible says? You know, you're just walking around. I mean, that'd be bad to be on this stage walking around with the eyes closed or, or, or blind. Man, you could fall off the stage. You could trip over something. You could get electrocuted. All kinds of stuff could happen up here if you're in the dark. These people, even though Moses was giving them God's law, working in the power of the Spirit, even though God was working, their hearts were in darkness. But whenever a man turns to the Lord, that veil is taken away. Now the Lord, listen, is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, is liberty. How many want to walk in freedom? We're talking about going into the promised land. We're talking about living in houses that God gave you. Living, uh, having olive groves that He gave you. Having vineyards that He gave you. And I'm not talking about the get-rich-quick gospel. I'm talking spiritually. As you come in and God is guiding and directing in your life. If you're poor as a church mouse. If you're rich as whoever. It's okay. That's not the important thing. I'm connected to the King of Kings who made everything, who has gold for his streets, who has precious stones for the walls of his city. And he's saying, I am God Almighty. The God of angel armies is always at my side. Do you believe that? What can he not do in your life? What can he not do in my life? What can he not do for us? What can he not do through us? We need 20,000 people in this community sitting around, don't know God. They need to see Jesus Christ in us. They need to see His hand working in us and through us. I'm talking to me, talking to us. And thank God for where He's brought us. Thank God for the mercy drops around us are falling. But we're praying for the showers of blessing from Him. Look at chapter 4, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 through 6. 
The Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit says, even if our good news, the gospel, is veiled or hidden, it's veiled to those who are perishing. There's people around us, y'all, who are perishing in their sins. And the God of this world, little g, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. They think they're so smart, smug, making fun of you on TV, making fun in the classroom, making fun, saying, you know, like that girl at the restaurant said, I went there, she's about 25, and I said, you know, are, are you a Christian? Oh, no, I'm a scientist. Just so smug. And I said, hey, you know, I told you about it. You know, I waited till we pay her, and I gave her a good tip. And I said, now, you're a hostage here. You have to be nice to me, so I'm not going to be mean to you right here. But I said, I'm not going to let you slide with that. Don't act like all Christians are stupid, and you are elevated and be condescending. I said, the Word of God, when it talks about science, it's right. When it talks about archaeology, it's right. When it talks about history, it's right. It's never been proved wrong. Scientists, zero. God, always right. I mean, week by week, there, there, there's things discovered. That, oh, yeah, well, dread. You know, there's no such man as Pilate. And then they find inscription to Pilate. Over and over and over. So there's people around us who are unbelieving. They're blind. We don't say, go to hell. That's good for you. No. We want to rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin in the grave. Weep or the erring one. Lift up the fallen. Tell them of Jesus, the mighty, to save. That's what happened for Ashley. Taken, put in with people who cared for a long time and worked and loved. And now she becomes a life instead of uh, a, a life going to destruction, a life headed uh, in, in experiencing eternal life here and there. Verse uh, 5, for we don't preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus. Listen, I'm not preaching me. We preach Christ Jesus is Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Are you a servant-hearted person? Are you ready to serve? And say? And I thank God for so many of you who are. But God calls us that, to call on the name of the Lord and then to serve one another uh, in love. Verse 6, For God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. In other words, you're starting to understand Him, starting to be like Him, starting to experience Him in your life. Look at verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Listen, how many of you... No, don't, don't raise your hand. Don't even look at somebody. <laughs> Paul says we don't lose heart. You know, when stuff comes against you, it's easy to get discouraged. That's why Hebrews 12 says... Lift up your head. You're in a race. <laughs> Fix your eyes on Jesus. Lift up the hands that are hanging down. Get your wobbly knees straightened up. Run for Jesus. Amen? Amen? I mean, I've showed you before. If you try to run with your hands hanging at your side, knock knee, you're just not going to go very fast and you're going to fall over. But get those knees straight. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Go on. He says, don't lose heart. Even though our outer man is decaying, <laughs> getting weaker, uh, you know, several of us talk here and say, no fun getting old. Of course, I'm talking to them, but <laughs> no fun getting old. But our inner man is being renewed day by day. Renewed. What does that mean? Energized. Your spirit, you can be 85 and using a cane, but you can be powerful in spirit. Say one little prayer. Something happens. Say a prayer. Quote a promise. 
walk in the power of God, we should be getting mightier and mightier. And when this shell drops off, then we are spiritual giants going on into heaven, going through those gates, shouting, Woo, made it home. Thank you, Lord, for the people that God saved through my life. Thank you for how you used me. Thank you for your promises that you did. I want us to get encouraged today. God wants us to cross over the River Jordan. It's in full flood. He sent the ark out. You'll read about this in Joshua 3. You can read it. He sent the ark out there, and the ark was a 1,000 feet ahead. And the priests saw the river in flood, and they, they were carrying the ark. And when they touched that water, shoo, just like God said, it dried up. Not just wet mud go through, dried up. And it began to heap up 70 miles <laughs> up there. You know, that'd be like damming up the Kusawati instantly. I mean, it's going to start causing trouble everywhere that it is. But immediately, and then the people, it says, hurried across. Why do you think they hurried? <laughs> Woo, now the water's getting higher and higher. Who knows how high it can get. But I don't want to be in face of it when it comes down. Listen, the ark is the picture of something. Right now, there's an obstacle between you and thinking you can live the victorious Christian life. You be all that God wants you to be. There's something that comes to your mind. And you say, well, uh, that might be good for Steve. That might be good for Bryce. Now, that may be good for Laura, but, you know, I just can't be that. I'm just going to be a C-plus Christian. I'm just going to make it to heaven by God's grace. And that's all I want to do. No, 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 no. We're called to be soldiers. We're called to be God's SWAT team. Spiritual weapons and theos, which is the word for God. Or if you don't want to do that, we can be swag. Spiritual weapons and God. All right? Uh, so if you want to be a swag person, you can. It'll be a good swag. Spiritual weapons and God. Walking with God and experiencing victory in situations where it's impossible. God was calling them to go into the promised land and defeat seven huge nations. It was impossible. But God. Everybody say, but God. I hope you know God in that way in your life. I hope you want to enter into that rest of inner tranquility. No matter what's going on at your job, what's going on in your marriage, what's going on in your health, what's going on in society, you can be right with God. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can be amazing in Him for His glory. Amen? Is that what you want? Yes. Oh, time gets away. Have you entered the place God wants you to be? Do you want to? Victory, rest, abundance, fuller liberty that God desires for you. The thing that hindered them was unbelief. I've told you uh, to read uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. So I hope you're reading there that we're to move from faith to virtue, character, to ver character, to knowledge and, and so on and not fall back and be fall short of God's best for us. If the band would come, I just want us to sing, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary real quick as they come. Uh, Joshua, it says, holy followed the Lord, his God. Joshua failed at Ai, and we'll hear that story another time. He failed at Gibeon, but his life was a life of service to Moses of faith and walking with him. He crossed the flooded Jordan. He defeated Jericho. He conquered the seven kings. And he died in honor before God. A good and faithful servant. And you can. I can.
but will you? 2 Corinthians 6, 14, God says, come out from among them and be separate and I will be a father to you. There's some things you've got to let go of. Some people you've got to quit hanging around so that you can experience God's best. Hebrews chapter 8 talks about a better covenant based on better promises, a greater mediator. God wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Joshua said, choose you this day who you'll serve. As for me, my house, we will serve the Lord. Today, I just invite you, as we sing this song, it says, Lord, prepare me. Prepare me sometimes means you've got to do some sweeping, got to do some vacuuming, got to carry some trash out. Prepare me to be a sanctuary, to be a place that you can come without holding your nose, a place that you can come with joy. You know, there's some people's house that you'd just be afraid to eat anything there. And then there's another kind of a house you come in, you could eat off the floor. God wants to come and live in our life. And He wants us to be pleasing to Him, living to please Him. And then not trying to make Him love us by works, but doing works because we love Him. Amen? So can you just stand with me? If you want to, you can just hold your hands out and say, Lord, if there's anything in my hands you want to get rid of, just take it. Uh, I want to be open to you. I want to be all you want me to be. Young people, I was so happy last week as I saw you come back there. We were praying for Ray. And I looked and there was a sea of young folks around us joining in prayer. Amen. I hope that you will get excited uh, about what God can do, do with you. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come. And the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Today. Let's just ask God to take us into the fullness of what He wants for us. That ark spoke of the mercy of God. The blood of Jesus was on the heavenly mercy seat. The grace of God, His favor that He decided to give us, not because we deserve anything, but God so loved us that He gave His only begotten Son. Praise God. He loves you, and He wants His love to flow through you. If you're full of the Holy Spirit, out of your life will come love and joy and peace. We're not there. There's love here, but we're not loving like we could love. There's joy here, but there's not joy like there could be. There's peace here, but there's not peace. Of that assurance of Almighty God is with me. He's holding my hand. I will never fall flat on my face. And I want what he wants. If it's poor as a church mouse, rich as the dickens, if it's uh, going through this trial or that trial, it's okay. I don't mind hardship. Don't mind insults. Don't mind persecutions as long as he is with me. Jesus, and I'll stop here, 1 Peter chapter 2, says Jesus entrusted himself into the hands of him who judges righteously. Today, as you hold your hands out, if you can hold them out like this, Say, God, I don't care what you bring in my life. I trust you. Prepare me to be a sanctuary. Prepare us to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy. Tested, tried and true. And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary, Lord, for you. 
We want to thank you one more time for taking the time to listen to these messages that God's provided our fellowship. We believe he's doing something special among us and would love for you to be a part of it. We hope that you'll take the time to come and visit us in person someday soon. And we invite you to visit our website, covenantcommunitylj.com. There you'll find information on how to contact us if you have a prayer request or if there's a specific way we can minister to you and your family. Until then, God bless you.